We don't have time to play. Combination, what up, what up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 249. You heard that right, episode 249 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. It helps the show tremendously. Would really appreciate it. Also, tell a friend to tell a friend about Combo's Court Podcast. Today's show, J. Kyle Mann of The Ringer, co-host of Ringer NBA University, joins in to talk about LaMelo Ball's basketball upbringing, some NBA draft talk, and more. Just a fantastic conversation. Can't wait for you all to hear it. You can find J. Kyle Mann on Twitter at J. Kyle Mann. That's J-K-Y-L-E-M-A-N-N. You know you can find me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca, don't do it to him. Jay Kyle, man of the ringer. Welcome back to Combo's Court, man. It's been a while. It has been a while, man. When was the last time I was on here? I, I specifically remember we talked about LaMelo and Cade, so it couldn't have, it was probably a year ago. It was probably a year ago, right? That That's actually great memory. We actually did talk about them. I asked you who you think would be the better player. And I guess it's kind of a question today for today as well, but I think it was um, 2019 and I think the month was September, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that ended up being a really prescient question. I mean, you, you, I mean, that's going to be a question. I think that that's probably why I remembered it because that's going to become a a storyline. I think you're here in the near future. So where do you land on that? Obviously we have a better NBA sample size with LaMelo, even though it's not a super large sample size, but where would you land on that today? Oh man. You know, I've been pondering this a lot lately because the other day on our podcast on the Ringer NBA University, get that plug out of the way real quick. Most <laughs> uh, definitely. No, we were talking about uh I I guess I hadn't totally zeroed in on LaMelo's ceiling in terms of uh, putting a number by it. Uh because before the draft, um I was like absolutely this guy's the most talented guy in the draft, you know. Uh, he was doing things that were were just he's on an, he was on another level from his peers so I, but I was like you know there are some questions here that could sort of compress where he ends up you know because there are a lot of talented guys out there that it's like xyz you know if this doesn't pan out they won't quite get there uh but with Lamelo, I thought that he would be in that like I think where I landed was like 35 to 60 range like really good starter potentially get yeah. into the fringe all-star conversation but um, I hedged at the end of my video that I made about him. And I was just like, you know what? He has the talent to, to, to surpass this, to like do better than this. Like, um, and so far, I mean, the early returns have been that like, he is going to do that because he's already in that range uh, or, or he's, I mean, there are people that think he's sort of just sub all-star right now, like at least in the last 15 games, you know? So, but then you start comparing that to, to Cade and you know I think Cade's popularity or there's there's a weird you know speaking of the word compress I mean there's like a compression I think that happens between the like really enthusiastic draft community 
And then the people who were sort of paying attention to the draft and they just hear us chirp Cade, Cade, Cade for like over a year. And they're, and I think people are kind of like, let's, and I think that's just natural discourse where people are just like, let, are we sure? Are we totally sure that Cade is this guy? Um, I remain confident that he is. I guess the question that they both have is Cade is different from Luca. You know, LaMelo is different from, uh, I'm trying to think of another example. Just these guys that can, or Harden is another kind of example. The main difference for me is that like the appetite for scoring um, for either guy, I don't know that it's totally going to be there. Um, I I feel like they both are deferring players first, you know? Yeah. Um, So, I mean, we'll see, we'll see how consistent a shooter Cade can be. We'll see how consistent a shooter LaMelo can be, because that's a really important piece of the puzzle. Like, Luca likes to put it on your ass, man. He wants to score. Uh, and that's a big part of what makes him so great. So I would lean Cade still um, because of defense, too. Cade has potential to be really switchable. I know I've talked forever on this, but um, I don't know. Have you paid? Have you gotten to watch much of him lately? Uh, yeah. Oh, Cade? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think it's just with him. Actually, he's proven that he could shoot. I think that was kind of like a question mark. But he hasn't really shown the willingness to shoot at times. I think that's the thing with him. Yeah, he doesn't hunt it at all. I mean, there are times there. I mean, we all watch Luca a lot and Harden's this way, too. I think that's just kind of in the DNA of who they are. I think Cade is way more fine with just being like, you know, I'm willing to sort of shift into this this other style. Uh, But like Luke and Harden are like they're going to score like, you know, for sure they are. Yeah, there's no perfect comp for him because, you know, he doesn't he's not a scorer like James. He's bigger than James. Um, He's a great passer, but he's not really the passer that Luke is, but he's a better defender. And, you know, Ben Simmons is another one, I guess, but Ben doesn't shoot at all. So it's just there's no real comp. He's just that bigger point guard, as Rashad Phillips would like to say, that dual forward role. Yeah, I the one thing I've joked lately that there have two like um, knee injury spirits of knee injury, like tra- tragic knee injury players from the two thousands that, that are, that have come back into basketball. <laughs> Cause I was comparing Halliburton to like, he kind of has reminded me of Sean Livingston a little bit at times. Like by the way, by, by the way, I was super high on Halliburton, but I was also, I would say I was a little bit higher on Edwards than LaMelo as well. So I did really well with one of them. Those were the two prospects I talked about the most was Halliburton probably even more than Edwards. And then Edwards, I thought had the highest superstar potential. So, he does. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, you know, I think I'm still right with both of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got, I mean, we got, we got a lot of ways to go. I mean, the thing, the thing about it is that, you know, we talk so consistently about this stuff that we're not always, you know, super yeah. patient about letting it play out. I mean, this is a long, almost geological process. That's going to take a lot of time for things to just sort of shift and pressurize and change. And, you know, for, for Edward, he has some time, but in terms of, yeah, like we were talking about comps with Cade. I mean, yes, yeah, I, said, I said that Halliburton kind of reminded me, reminded me of Livingston. Another guy that physically that um, Cade reminds me of is uh, Brandon Roy a little bit at times. Like he kind of, but, but Roy yeah. is another guy who is. Score, you know, score first more, right? Score. Roy, yeah. But I, but I think if Roy played, if he was, you know, reincarnated into the, the game today, I think that he would probably play more like Cade in my opinion, like heavy load, pick and roll. Um, you know, just that type of guy. So, yeah. So we've had a lot of Halliburton appreciation days on this podcast. We have to have a Lamella one. Uh, I heard your Pistol Peak comps when it comes to the way that Lamella grew up playing the game. 
How Thank do you, you think- for getting it right. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> In what way? What are you talking about? Oh my God. Yeah. I just, we, it was such a funny, I, I honestly found it really funny. I wasn't actually, I was teasing people about this. Like when I, in my video, I compare, you nailed it. Like, okay. People would just be like, how dare you compare him to pistol Pete? I'd be like, listen to what I said. I said the way that they grew up affected what they turned out to be like their, their environments right. were very similar. Like, you know, especially going all the way to like where your college age to instill yes. you developing like that, like that is not a normal thing. Like Lomel's dad, as much for all the criticism that he's gotten, his his boys can play and people like to play with, with them. So you yeah. would think that you would think that these kids that have been set up and like nurtured and kind of protected would be, you know, you know, spoiled brat babies. There's been no indication of that with Lamelo and, and Lonzo. They're good teammates. They have high motors, like in the team defensive setting, which to me is always sort of a, a barometer of how selfish you are too. Like they're just uh, they're good players. But you're you got it right. Like people were just assuming that I was. People were like throwing Pistol Pete's like career scoring stats at me. I'm like, you guys are just totally missing the point of what I said, and you nailed it. I appreciate that. I just wanted to say that. Most definitely, I think Ben Taylor actually did say that Pistol Pete was overrated i don't know about that one though i don't know but i mean ben ben to me is a great basketball mind i look at ben like a great basketball mind but overrated actually i think his skill set would translate pretty well to the modern nba you know three level score could score with either hand would be able to play pick and roll real well had range before range was a thing i don't know about overrated <laughs> you should you absolutely should have ben taylor on this podcast <laughs> and you should attack him viciously about confront him wave your finger angrily um, i no, i mean I, when he said that i started laughing because that's just sort of the historical waters that he swims in is just like challenging our ideas and that's just kind of yeah. I and mean, that's ben's brand is challenging which is good i mean it's healthy but it's, it also produces some conversations that are really funny to observe for me personally as his friend sometimes. Cause yeah. Anyway, just comes no, into territory. No, most definitely. Ben's great. Uh, and your show, the ringer NBA show, the ring ringer NBA university. Let me plug it again. Jonathan sharks actually said that he thinks LaMelo could become a top 10 player in the league. Where do you, yeah. land, where, where do you land on that? Shouts to sharks been on the show before too, but where do you land on that? Sharks is the King. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like we were talking about, man. I mean, that's, that is really, really tough. Um, like I just, I guess it, it comes down to what 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 measure are we going by? Are we going to, are we going by like the top ten players in the league are the guys who are like heavy load scores that are as two way as as possible? Um, man, I don't know. Ten seems pretty strong. I don't think he's it's a lot of things would have to go well. I think for that to happen, but I mean he he definitely is more feasibly in that 10 to 20 range than I thought. And, and, and uh, I mean, ten, but to answer your question succinctly, uh, yeah, it is possible that he could do that. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think he's probably somewhere in that like 25 to 40 range right now. I mean, which is, which is great. And it's amazing for a rookie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe you could extend that a little bit. I mean, but, um, but yeah, people, people hear that and they think like, man, uh, to be one of the top, 50 players in the world when you're under 20 years old that's that is amazing yeah yeah I mean I think the numbers are inflated but what's also inflated is how I would I don't know if inflated is the right word but how ready these players come in today you know it's like it's just so different man it's just so different 
Yeah, development is just has become a really um, you know it always is is a, is a conversation around basketball, but I, I feel like that the the tectonic plates of basketball have like shifted so much in the last couple of years. And yeah, I was talking with some people yesterday about like I, I think like college specifically is going to just change a ton. Um, you know, ign- the, I would say by all accounts, the ignite experiment has been good i mean i I don't think i would say very good yeah i mean it's been it's been impressive and i've watched some of those games and um i mean i don't see how you could argue against the quality of the reps that those kids are getting as opposed to brandon boston playing in the sec i mean like it's it's an interesting i don't know would he have performed the same way there's all kinds of like little variables that i couldn't address because i haven't witnessed them firsthand i could like ignorantly pop pop off at the mouth about it but i don't know but i mean yeah so so in terms of uh of that yeah it's development is is really i think it's going to shift even more in the next couple years too most definitely i actually talked to jimmy dykes a little bit about bj boston and i was saying uh you know i was telling jimmy Shouts to Jimmy. We're shouting out everybody on today's show. Shouts to Jimmy. You had Dykes on this show? I'm honored to, to follow, in the pre- the, follow the path of Jimmy Dykes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it wasn't too long <laughs> ago. It might have been like three or four episodes. Shouts to Jimmy. It was great. But, you know, I was asking him, you know, we've seen Quickly's development in the NBA. We've seen Hero's development in the NBA. And I'll ask you what I asked Jimmy. Do you think Brandon could become a better NBA player than he has been at Kentucky? I mean, he has been coming on strong lately compared to what he, you know, what he started with, you know, with Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the talent's there. I think the big thing is that, like, I mean, he's just nowhere near ready to fit to finish physically in the NBA. Like, he's just not ready for that. Uh, I mean, the whole roster basically had had a hard time finishing. Uh, and I think he just is sort of having to rewire his basketball brain in a, a lot of what he did, you know, at Sierra Canyon and with um, with his EYBL team where he played with Shreve Cooper um, was just – I think he's getting used to the help defense at higher levels. I think he's getting, he like, he got knocked off his path a lot in college. Uh, he was, he was really stuck on those like dribble pull-ups, like, you know, three plus yeah. dribble, dribble pull-up kind of thing. Um, he, he really had to learn to rewire his basketball. Does, does that, does to, that, re- does that remind you of Tatum a little bit? Tatum, Tatum's like that. Yeah. I mean, he Tatum is like was, that. Tatum was always built bigger. And I don't think that he had as yeah, many that's issues true. with that. That's but true. yeah, Boston, Boston kind of reminded me of Kevin Knox a lot this past year, to be honest, where he would just kind of disappear. And it's funny how it started out. Like I was like, man, that's, that sucks for him. That like, that that's where my mind went. And then by the end of the year, I was like, man, it's kind of insulting because Kevin Knox played really well at Kentucky. Like he, he, he had a good season. Um, now they're talking about Boston might come back. I don't know. I don't believe that, but I mean, absolutely. Wow. I think he could still be a good NBA player. Um, you know, he's, he's similar to Jalen green in my opinion too, where he just has demonstrated a real struggle to let offense flow through him. And you see a lot of kind of, a lot of the wings in this class specifically have had that problem, you know, get, and I made this yeah. point about Jalen green yesterday on our, or uh, a few days ago on our podcast that like, when you're skinny like that and you get into the middle against more sophisticated help uh, and guys are stronger, you know, you're off balance. You are, you're not <laughs> able to make good decisions because you're so compromised physically. So I think BJ first has to get stronger, number one, and then he's going to have to start and that will help him set the table to improve in those other areas. But yeah, I, I think he could be a lot better for sure. 
Uh, you mentioned the G League Ignite, and I don't know if you saw this, but I noticed it. And some mistaken, mistakenly thought I was saying that Kaminga should be ahead of Cade, but there was like a one or two day period where I think people were trying to shift the narrative, and he, they really were. It, it, he didn't have that great shooting game that would push him over the edge to that. Like I think if he would have had a few more games if he hit like five threes for some crazy reason that he could have been like top two or top one, I would never have him overcame me personally, nothing against him. But um, what do you make of that? Did you see that as well? Did you see that narrative almost start to change? And what did you think of the ignite experiment as a whole? Um, Kuminga, I, it, it depends on where it's coming from. If I, if I pay attention to it, I mean, <laughs> Twitter is so wild, man. I mean, sometimes I've started calling them like straw man narratives. Like this narrative will like bubble up and we'll start looking around and be like, I don't even know where this originally came from. Do you remember like when the, like the Steph (laughs) disrespect narrative thing started? And I, I fell for it at first. I was like, how dare you disrespect Steph? Well, people were just undermining him. And then I got like, just looking around and I was like, who even, who is disrespecting Steph? It's the same thing as like LeBron, like, uh, Oh, they said he's washed. LeBron's washed. It's like no, I always, always but, ever. But LeBron is, pays. LeBron pays attention to that too, because his washed, washed king on the, you know, on his post. <laughs> well, he's. I think he maybe is one of the people who like was creating the straw man narrative, where it was just like nobody, nobody said that. But players, that's a little different, I guess, because players have to do what they have to do to get yeah, motivated. Definitely. I'm definitely. like that creatively. I'm like I'm gonna do this. You know, I I understand that. Blah blah blah. But um, yeah, it's but Kuminga. No, I mean, I, I, he's there are too many question marks about his feel and, and his his total, you know, floor game. I, I hate that expression, but I, I'll use it there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that his his defensive potential is where I see him. He he could be a real a real asset to somebody. Like that's where I see a lot of his value. The offense is nice. Like I mean, where but his ceiling as a defender, I feel like is is where he could really make some make his money. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And there, are, these two guys will be in the top five, and one of them played at the G League bubble, and one of them played at Gonzaga. Well, you could tell me if I'm wrong if you don't think one of them will be in the top five. But when you're comparing Jalen Suggs to Jalen Green, shouts out to Jalen Rose, as you did on your video, um, where, <laughs> where do you land with these two guys? My feeling is, is that the ceiling is a little bit higher with Green, but Suggs has shown he could play with well, you know, they both show they could play with other great players, but, you know, showed that he could really, you know, take somewhat of a step back when he's playing with other players. But where do you land on these two? I would actually, on a big board, I would probably have Green a little bit higher. Mm. Uh, where where would you have them? We do this thing when we're talking about players, I think sometimes where we'll, t- we'll hold in one hand. It's sort of like the, you know, the what's in the mystery box kind of a thing. Just like what, yeah. the, what, what's, what could be behind this door. We get so enticed by it that, that we make decisions like Anthony Edwards over LaMelo, you know, where it's like the thing that is demonstrated isn't compelling us enough to, to pick it over the, the, the thing that could become something great. And I kind of feel like that's going on a little bit with Suggs and green, like in terms of like applying to like winning basketball in the NBA, I think that Jalen Suggs could end up being that. I mean, he, he could be like a winning type player, way more immediately to me in my mind definitely than, than green and i mean i agree I, he's a guy that has shown that you know he's a we were talking about physicality and things like that he doesn't struggle with that at all like uh he's fearless um i, I think that he personally a lot like kaminga i think he could end up being 
Sharks and I actually agreed on this comparison on our podcast that Drew Holiday was a guy that he kind of reminds me of, somebody that, like, doesn't absolutely need the ball all the time. I think that he could become, like, a great ball pressure guy in the NBA. I think – and if your offensive floor is that – is there, um, I mean, that's a great starting point. For him, the question is for him to become, like, a star star in the way that Jalen Green is. We know that, like, Jalen Green is a scorer it's sort of a similar problem with Boston. It's like, can he, can he become a creator too? Cause he's just very heavy scoring. Yeah. Suggs. It's like, he has a lot of plus skills, but like, where is his plus plus skill? I'm not totally sure. I think that could be, that's could be defense. Um, I mean, he's a good shooter. Um, I, he, he's a, a really, he attacks the rim fearlessly. I don't worry about his finishing in the league. seems like a good teammate. Um, I would lean I'm, – I'm Suggs over Green. I honestly – man, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll kind of come come out on this. I'm a little skeptical of Green right now. I'm wow. worried about him. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I don't – I don't know. I'm kind of still just working through that, and I know that that's forbidden whenever you think about basketball, but I, I, there's a lot to be seen in my opinion. The scoring is – He's obviously really, really talented. Uh, there are just a lot of question marks, and I'm more sure about what Suggs will be. I could live to eat that, to eat those words. I don't know, but I'm I feel more confident about what Suggs is going to be as opposed to Green. Yeah, that's interesting for this reason. Um, is it? Do you feel like it's easier to evaluate talent within the bubble because it's a little bit closer to the NBA game and a little bit closer to NBA talent, although it's not NBA talent. With with ignite, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're seeing them in an NBA setting against guys who are fighting to get into the. I mean, yeah, you don't have to sort of adjust for sample as much as you do in college. Um, spacing is like, spacing is a little bit more similar. Rules are a little bit more similar, you know. Yeah, and like like I said, like a lot of the concepts, you know, schematically, it's it's similar to the NBA. Um, a lot of the sets, the defense is the biggest thing. You know, most most kids, most of the time when you're watching college, defense is just so hard to evaluate because you just have to read between the lines there are all these different sort of like uh you know unquantifiable sort of observational techniques you have to use to sort of yeah. guess if a guy's going to be able to defend or if they're going to be able to score against defense um with the bubble yeah there's there's less guessing about that because those those guys you know 18 19 20 year old kids a lot of the time they just can't defend like and a lot of it this is my theory i maybe have even said this to you before a lot of this is just your, your ability to focus is just not super great at that age. And like, you know, yeah. to ask a, a kid at that age to stay on top and like focus for a full shot clock, a lot of them just can't do it. So it's like um, the, the mental discipline and, but not just that, like the familiarity with scheme, like we were talking about. Um, I think that the exposure to that is stronger in the G league. I, w- I would, I would say that um, I guess there's, yeah. The big differences for me are just like the environments, you know, and, but we didn't get that this year with COVID. So, I mean, they were a little more similar, you know, we're going to have one more, two more questions, but I want to get back to this. Would you say that green has a higher ceiling than Suggs? Yeah, but I don't know that that means, you know, ceiling is the exact thing that we were talking about. Ceiling is the exact thing that can lure you into making decisions. You You know, know, it's funny. It was funny when I was playing in Israel, somebody told me this, you can't bring potential to the supermarket. That's great. That is really good. Yeah. You know, but I, I would say that green has higher potential, but so you would agree with that part. His, 
his likelihood of having like I keep saying plus plus, I just mean like elite. Like you know, does he have a skill that could bump him into all star territory? Like Green is an incredible score, but we've seen incredible scores that you know don't quite get there. Like I, I made the comparison that like he he kind of reminds me of I put him on the spectrum with like he could either become Zach Levine, like a guy who just grinds and really grows his playmaking, you know, and just. Zach Levine, Zach Levine works hard. I know we take Instagram videos with a grain of salt and social media with a grain of salt, but it seems like he's always in the gym working, you know, he works. Yeah. That's his reputation. And I mean, you know, I I haven't seen anything to indicate that green isn't that type of guy. I don't, I don't really know enough about him. That's true. Yeah. You you kind of speculate about that stuff at your peril, but I also kind of thought that uh, he, he reminds me a little bit of Malik Monk in some ways. Like Monk was just this like flamethrower, nuclear bucket getter type guy. Monk could pass it in college. He wasn't like a natural instinctive creator, but I feel like they have that in common. They're just not instinctive creators for people. Like they're just used to like getting theirs. Um, But I'm not saying he'll become Monk, but I just think that, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I I think he has a higher ceiling, but like you said, you can't take that to the supermarket and the things that Jalen Suggs does, I can take him to the supermarket. Like I think that he's going to be able to do that in winning environments much sooner. J. Kyle, man, I have to ask you this. I could get into so much draft stuff with you. Uh, I could keep going, but uh, I wanted to shift for this last one. Where do you land on Poku? <laughs> Poku. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was just up tweeting about him last night, actually, because he got to start for OKC last night. I was up. I think, I think I'm higher on him than most. I, I like his swagger. I like his confidence. I like that he shoots the ball. The percentages aren't great at times, but I think he's going to be good. I have this conversation. I just have a running dialogue with so many, like we on our show are pro we're pro coup. I guess you could say we are. Okay. We are, okay. We are pro poke. I would say that believers. you guys, I would say that's not the majority though. Right. Majority. No, aren't. There are, there are, there are skeptics out there. And I yeah. understand. I mean, yeah. he, he is wild. Like he is like, you are getting he when he plays, man, love, he, love the confidence though. I love the confidence. He has elite confidence. <laughs> yes, I, yes, somebody exactly. That's a plus plus skill. Somebody, yeah. if you want to go back on my Twitter, I can retweet this. Maybe that uh, <laughs> I when I, I was studying him back in the fall because I had pl- Kevin and I actually had planned on doing a video about Poku together. Well, Poku comes out and has like historically bad rookie start. I mean, like it was one of the worst starts. And so I mean, we Dirk, like, Dirk Dirk was pretty bad, right? Yeah, Dirk was lost out there, but they yeah, let him yeah. play. And I, okay, so he's doing that too. But yeah. I mean, he, because they have interest in doing that, they want to get Kate. But Poku, I mean, his feel and some of the, the flashes that he gives. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you talk to a lot of people that are like really follow basketball closely, and it's just like they, they're so enticing. Like he's so good for how big he is. Like sometimes you just forget how big he is. And I like players like that when he's running sometimes. I will forget that he is a legit foot tall. Like the way off of screen, like he just has uh, um, the way he comes off of screens, like his mechanics are really efficient and tight. He's not clumsy. He had a play last night where he like, he tipped the ball in and he totally outstretched his arms and he was almost like on his feet. Like he seriously wasn't off the ground almost like that's how long he is. And I made this point before, man, I think that he could become, a really, really good movement shooter, the type of guy like he shoots such an effortless ball and he's, he's only 18. He's, is he still 18 years old? I think I think he's 19 now. I think I just looked it up. 
But to have that kind of like, I think that he could grow into a high efficiency movement shooter that you could run off screens and pull gravity with because he shoots it that quick. But I also think that he could become a really disruptive defensive off ball guy. And how often do you get those two qualities in a player? Very rarely that, that, that a guy that you could put out there that could, that could pull you gravity. I don't think that he has to have the ball in his hands all the time, but then if, if he can give you that, like, you know, volleyball blocker up at the rim, extra rim protection, um, that's just a rare thing. And yeah, I love his big emu, big, big Poku. I love him. Most definitely. Jay Kyle, man. Great stuff. You're always welcome on the show. I felt like, I feel like you have an expanded role now with the ringer. I feel like it's really expanded for you. Uh, tell me everything you're doing at the ringer. Tell me more about ringer MBA university and tell me more about your videos. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've gotten some opportunities to do more things lately. The one of the, one of the big things is, uh, you know, the videos are still there. Um, I'm trying to do those, you know, every, every other week is what we're shooting for, uh, depending on the subject that might go a little you know, beyond that, but uh, on the ringers YouTube page, go and subscribe to that. I usually, you know, do player profiles, uh, try to just uh, go, go in deep on things as best as I can um, and historical stuff. Uh, and then also, you know, uh, the podcast is the other, is the other thing. Those are the two things that, that take, take my time. And uh, that's that podcast for people that don't know, um, is about younger players, players generally like 24 and under, uh, but it's called Ringer NBA yeah. University. We talk I, think, I, think that, I think that's such a great concept because we don't even see full episodes about the younger players of the NBA. And then you have a whole podcast about it, which is, I think is amazing. Yeah, um, my buddy Matt Curley called it the the Summer League of Podcasts, which I, I was like, yes. Uh, yes but yes. I mean, if Are we, we getting Summer League this year, by the way? Are we I don't know, get man. It? I, don't, uh, I don't see how we could. Oh, Do you? Okay, I don't know. Okay. I hope I so. Wish. I hope so, yeah. I, hope so. I, w- I was going to say, too, that, like, uh, I don't know if I have this number exactly right, but 60%, I think, of the league is, like, under – is, like, 24 or under. Like, it's, like, really young. To move it – That's move true. In, yeah. To move into that, like, lower percentage group that hangs around, it's tough, man. And that's – I think that's we, – we thought that that was a big – underserved part of the NBA narrative and that's why we're doing it and it's fun man it's really fun to watch guys grow that's it's the most it's the thing that interests me most in basketball so I would say I'm right there with you on that one um great stuff I'll be tuned in to the to Ringer NBA University where can we find you on social media where can we find you on social media you know I'm mostly a Twitter guy you can do find you have me Instagram on there. do you have Instagram I think we do. We follow each other. I think we do. Maybe I think we I do. Know. We need to see these clips on Instagram. All these videos, you know, thirty second we, clips. We we put them on on Ringer's Instagram. I, okay. I'm I'm not good at Instagram to be honest. Some people naturally are just like think to like my wife's really good at Instagram. I'm not. I, I, I just I'm more of a snarky joke joke maker type. So I'm just naturally on on Twitter more often. But that's you can find me on there and uh, and and on Instagram. So those are the two places. Where though? What, what's the, what's the oh, name? At, that's a really good question. Kyle. Yeah. Uh, at <laughs> J Kyle man. That's where you can find me. Yeah. Great stuff. It's always great having you on the show and talk soon. Yeah, man. Combo nation. Thank you for tuning in and big shouts to J Kyle man for joining in. We appreciate you everyone, everyone, everyone out there, everyone who's tuned in, everyone listening. This is really important. Don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps the show tremendously. Drop a comment. Let me know how you feel about Combo's Court Podcast right on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you tune into Combo's Court. Much appreciated. Be on the lookout for episode 250. Combo out.